This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. It feels like it's NFL Championship Weekend, at least in the AFC right now. Welcome in. Stacking the Box is here for you. And we are basically counting down until 5.30 Central Time on Sunday evening when the Chiefs, the Bills, it's you're taking out a Buffalo team coming in for revenge, Werner, and they're looking awful, awful damn good. I think you should be nervous, buddy. It's funny because both teams can can claim that they're going for revenge in this game. Like the Bills are going for revenge based off of losing the AFC Championship game in a lopsided manner last year. So the Bills. Absolutely, 100% going for revenge, trying to win the football game, of course. But Kansas City already immediately after the game talked about the fact that, hey, we got we to gotta play a lot better. They, they beat us up week five on national television. So you have both of these teams. We're going to go into this game saying we want revenge. We're the better team. We've got to prove it, the whole deal. That game – has all the makings of being a classic football game. It really does. It, it should be awesome. Uh, the spread at two and a half, I want to talk about that. But Heisler's coming up. And, of course, the Chiefs and the Bills are not the only two teams playing this weekend. Welcome into Stacking the Box with you every Tuesday at 11 Central with our NFL insider, Matt Verderam, who everybody loves. And and then there's me arm right here for you as we get ready for what should be a great weekend. So, listen, to – I said on your Arrowhead Attic podcast Sunday night, Bertram, if the spread is four, something like that, five, then to me that screams from a gambling perspective that the, that, that the Vegas thinks the Chiefs are going to win. If it's, if it's two, two and a half, then I get nervous if I'm Kansas City. Then I start to wonder if, if, if people are feeling Buffalo. And at two and a half, that is a like that's an easy – oh, come on, the Chiefs are going to beat the Bills by at least a field goal at home. So just from my a line standpoint, and then if you get out of the field, I mean Buffalo's running the ball like crazy, um, and I'm supposed to have to fix my mic. Apparently, it's bad. Um, so is that better? Are we better? Is it better? Oh, how's that team? I hope that's better. Um, I, I just listen. Buffalo looks. I mean, you could you couldn't look better than the Bills looked last week. The Bills played a perfect game. And I was I was incredibly impressed, not only offensively with Josh Allen, but defensively, the whole nine. I, I, they they could not have been better. I mean, hell, they scored a touchdown on all seven of their true possessions. Their eighth possession was nonsense. Their eighth possession was Trubisky kneeling the ball out, um, which whoever thought Mitch Trubisky would be able to kneel out the ball in a playoff game, and yet here we are. Um, they were magnificent. And then you watch the Chiefs on Sunday, and it's this game where for 20 minutes, they can't get anything going. They're screwing around. They look awful. They fumble the ball. It gets run back for a touchdown. Mahomes throws a pick in the red zone. I mean, everything. If you were a Chiefs fan of a certain age, that game started out as every horror show of your life with that team has gone. And then all of a sudden, Mahomes just goes berserk, and before you can even blink, it's 35-7, and the game's a complete route, and it's over, and they, they score five touchdowns and throw five touchdowns, and I think it was 11 minutes and 31 seconds. Um, I, look, the line, I thought, I thought it would be three, because that's kind of the standard if you're home, you get, you know, you're laying three points. But it, it at one point went to two. It opened to two and a half. It went down to two. Now it's back to two and a half. Um, the Bills are really good, but do I think the Chiefs will notice the line? They'll notice any slight toward them? Of course they will. They're the Chiefs. That's They are at their best when people think, oh, they're going to lose. They're not the better team. That's always, always when this team plays its best. It's always at its, at its shakiest when you get a game where nobody thinks they can lose. Then they, they coast and they, they play weird. They, they always have. So I actually think for the Chiefs, the more disrespect for them this week, the better. I agree with you on, on that side of it. Like, can, and that's like well documented. Kansas, you doubt the Chiefs do at your own peril. However, 
this is uh, this is going to be a, a great, great football game. We'll get we'll get we'll get back to it. Let's let's take a look at everything else that's going on. What what was your favorite moment from the extended uh, MLK playing on Monday night? Go Rams! Way to uh, show up like the team everybody thought that you would be. Um, and uh, and anywhere else for a Ram. Dak Prescott, that was fascinating. Uh, apparently, my mic is awful, so I'm going to take that it out. Was, I'm I'm going to I'm going to take over here for a few minutes. Did you fix your your audio situation? It sounds like you're broadcasting from twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Um, I I will I will handle it. Uh, so look, I I thought Rams Cardinals that game was a massacre. If if you're one of the uh, eight Cardinals fans out there, and I, I say that lovingly, jokingly, whatever. Um, that was a train wreck. That was, I mean, Mur- Murray was worse than Roethlisberger, which I didn't think was humanly possible. I mean, Roethlisberger basically is a, is a, a corpse at this point from a football perspective. And yet he was just abominable against the Rams. Two picks. I don't, I don't think even with garbage time, I don't think he got to 150 yards. He averaged four yards in attempt. And that was one of the worst football games I've ever seen from a team in a playoff game. And I get it. It's, it's your first playoff game. I don't care what it is. That was, we don't belong here. Please send us home. They didn't look like they wanted to be there. They didn't look prepared. Like, if that if that's, as Cheeto Freak, our guy here in the chat saying, if, if that's Kingsbury's best, get fire him. Honestly, that was so bad. And this is now the second year in a row where – they have just laid down like dogs at the end of the year. And I'm not saying from an effort standpoint, but like they just get hounded at the end of these seasons. I don't know whether that's because Murray's diminutive and he wears down and, and he just can't handle a 17, 18 game stretch. I don't know whether that's because Kingsbury just never makes an adjustment. And what you're left with is a team that just looks the same every week and they stagnate. Like I get there without Hopkins. It wouldn't have mattered. It made no difference. They couldn't, they couldn't win at the line of scrimmage. They couldn't stop anything the Rams were doing defensively. Um, it was it was a mess of a football game. And I'll tell you, if you're the Rams, you're now sitting there going, all right, we we killed them. Stafford gets the monkey off of his back. And, yeah, it's a short week and you're going cross country, which we'll talk about. That's tough. But I got, as far as a matchup goes, the Rams match up really well with Tampa. Like, Ramsey can go on Evans, and the Rams can throw in those corners all day long. That is a weird matchup for Tampa Bay in a lot of respects. I feel naked with that microphone, but I think we're going to go right here for you. What do you look at as far as the Rams side of this? Forget about Arizona and their and their disaster. Apparently it's my internet. Okay, great. Um, the, Rams, the, the Rams part of this, Vertoram, a lot of people had the Rams in the Super Bowl. Um, no, I, don't, I mean, that I, I don't know what to say about what's going on with my internet. This is, there's nothing I can do about this. So, uh, Verderam, take over, pal. I, I, I will handle it. In all seriousness, if this is to be a one-man show because you're, you're broadcasting, you would get a better signal from Jupiter. So, I will handle it. Um, it's fine. God knows I, I can fill up airtime. So, look, we're going to run this right down. As, as, as poor Carm has, has gone the way of the dodo bird. Um, it is what it is. Look, I am here. Uh, I am going to pull up. I'm going to pull up the uh, the outline right now. Would you think, by the way, I would have had memorized because I wrote the outline? But here we are. Um, usually, Carm just reads it out. So, all right, look, guys. We're also going to – I'm going to answer some questions here in a minute. I appreciate everybody for stopping in, asking your questions. If you're asking about a preview of a certain game or a pick of a certain game, I'm going to get to all that with Ben Heisler here uh, in about 20 minutes when he joins us at 1130 Central. Hopefully his connection is better than Carms. Um, so, so don't worry about that. I will, I will answer all those. In fact, you know, who I think is going to win, covering the spread, all those types of things. So, look, I, I think the first thing we have to get to that I'd like to get to is the upsets this weekend and then – I want to get a little bit into the Titans, who have been, I think, unfairly disrespected. So I touched on it a little bit. And like I said, we're going to get into all of this with the picks here in, in, in about 20 minutes. But I think of all the teams, any upsets possible this weekend, any of the teams that are underdogs, certainly Buffalo can win. I don't think that's a, that's a question, right? Everybody believes that's a, that's a great game. 
Um, I think we also look at this and say, all right, um, the Bengals-Titans game, I mean, does anyone think the Bengals can't win that game? Uh, you know, the, the, the Packers and Niners, that's the biggest spread. I think it's at six now. Some books made five and a half. The Niners, the Niners are a good team. Like the idea that they can't win that game. They almost beat the Packers earlier this year. They're missing some guys and they, they lost on a last second field goal. But um, th- listen, it, it could, that game could go either way. And then, of course, Rams, Bucks, and Gonzo, I see you in the chat. And hey, listen, you got any questions? Fire away. Um, I'll do my best. So I think the team that of the underdogs has the best shot in terms of just matching up, as I just kind of alluded to, is the Rams. Last year, the Bucks had Godwin and they had Evans and Antonio Brown and Gronk. And they still have, of course, Evans and Gronk. Those other two guys are not there anymore. The Rams can put Ramsey on Evans. They can take him away. And if you're Brady, where are you going? The other thing is I worry about worse. If he's not healthy, that's a big problem because Leonard Floyd and Von Miller and Aaron Donald are going to be an issue even if you're completely healthy. So not good. And no, I do not think Donald's getting uh, suspended as I got asked in the chat. I think the Rams, though, look, Jalen, I'm with you about – well, I shouldn't say I'm with you. I don't think they should be betting favorites, but they opened at plus two and a half, which means Vegas, much like they said about the Bills, think that they're the better team on, on a neutral field, or at least even with them. Um, I think this is a game where the, the Rams match up really, really well, really well. And I wouldn't be surprised if they if they can find a way to win this game. My worry is Stafford and Brady in a playoff game. I know Stafford just played really well and he won one. Give him all the credit. I worry about that. I worry that all of a sudden you're going to go, okay, Stafford beat Kyler Murray, who looked like Mike Glennon, and now all of a sudden he's going to go beat Brady. I, I do have concerns about that. Um, the other thing I want to get to uh, is the Titans, who are, the, of course, the AFC's one seed, and yet nobody is talking about them. Nobody is talking about Tennessee. Everybody, it almost feels like, believes, oh, well, whoever wins this Bills Chiefs game, that's the AFC title game. I'll say this. Whoever wins the Chiefs Buffalo game is probably going to be the favorite in the AFC title game. Certainly will be if they play the Bengals, because either one of them would be at home. And I think even at Tennessee, uh, the Chiefs would be the favorite. I think Buffalo would be the favorite slightly, but I think they'd be the favorite. But the Titans have been disrespected a little bit here, and I'm going to say I'm going to lay out the case. Their front seven's really good. Evans is a good backer. Long is one of the more underrated linebackers in football. The front four of Landry and Dupree on the outside, specifically Landry, and then Simmons and Danico Autry. And Autry's one of the most underrated D tackles in the league. On the inside, they're really good. Tennessee's really, really good up front. And Tennessee has beaten every good team that they've they've had to this year. Everybody. Colts twice. Chiefs. Bills. Rams. uh, 49ers. I was not thinking about. They've beaten them all. The Titans are really good. (laughs) Like, this idea that the Titans are just some patsy. Now, look, are they the strength of a typical one seed no, because the typical one seed in the AFC over the years has either been captained by Brady or Roethlisberger in his prime or Manning or Mahomes. And you don't have that with Tannehill. Like, I grant that. Tannehill's an average quarterback, maybe slightly above average. But they're really good. They're really good. Like, this notion that the Titans are just some, some nonsense that's just there to be rolled over, I don't believe for a second. I think the Titans are good enough to win in any playoff game. Henry's coming back. You've got Brown and Jones on the outside. Julio Jones is not who he once was. He's still Julio Jones. And A.J. Brown is a beast. So I don't believe for one second that the Titans are just going to roll over and die. Now, could the Bengals beat them? Yes. But I think that's more because the Bengals are a really good team, not because the Titans are a joke. The Titans won 12 games this year and beat a lot of good teams on the way there. So I don't, I don't get this idea that, oh, the Titans, what a joke they are. And Vrabel's a really good coach. Look, look at the last couple of years. They went to the AFC title game. They won in New England. They won in Baltimore. They went and played the Chiefs, and they couldn't handle business. But they got to the AFC title game. And then last year, they win the division, and they lose in a game where they play like crap against Baltimore. You get no argument here. 
Um, and yeah, to, to respond quickly here, and I always try to balance this, guys, because a lot of people are going to listen on the audio, and I don't want them to think, you know, be confused. But I'm going to answer a few questions without Carm here. We're going to go a little bit call an audible. Um, so let's let's run it down. So a few questions. Uh, from, one from Gonzo. I remember you saying Travis Kelsey is the goat tight end. I'd love to hear your reasoning. My reasoning is he has now made, I believe, it is seven Pro Bowls in a row. He is a four-time first-team All-Pro, and this year he made second team, which I think was a travesty, but that's neither here nor there. He is, in my lifetime, the most dominant tight end from a pass-catching perspective I've ever seen. He has had 5,000-yard seasons in a row. No one else has even had three. Uh, nobody else ever even had four. I'm not sure if anyone had three. I know nobody had ever had four. Kelsey's now on five. It is an absurd absurd career that Travis Kelsey has put together. And I, and I think it has to be said, look, you're talking about somebody who, yes, is not everyone will say, well, he's playing with Mahomes. Yeah, he played with Alex Smith for a bulk of his career. Okay, it's not like he was nobody then. You run down his numbers in his career, and I'm not going to get too into it. By the way, he is, I'm sorry, I forgot about this year. He's had six straight 1,000-yard campaigns. Okay, you run down his career numbers. I mean, the guy is 9,000 receiving yards, got 57 touchdowns. He's a tight end. And he's he's only played, if you take out his rookie year and he didn't play at all because he had microfracture surgery, he's played eight years. The guy will walk into camp. Now, I think Gronkowski, if you want to talk about the totality of a guy, the better blocker, okay, all those things. But Kelsey is the most dominant pass-catching tight end of my life. A couple more quick questions, then we'll keep rolling. The 49ers potentially without Bosa would be a massive loss. It'd be a ma- I, I don't know. I don't think they can win if Bosa doesn't play. They need him to set the tone and get pressures. We welcome back Carm, who we hope is, is alive and well with the, both both indeed and his connection. But to finish the answer to the question, no, FB. If, if the Niners don't have Bosa, I, I think it's a wrap. But we'll see. He's got time to clear protocol. And they play Saturday, so he loses his day to come back from that protocol. Uh, but if, if we welcome back Carm. Uh, uh, you look better. Do I? I hope you do. And and all of a sudden the connection looks good. I'm, I'm glad that you are uh, you're back. And and we do have a quick uh, catch up for you. So I I ran through the first two questions of the next segment. I got oh. through the Titans. I got through the wild card up. To, who would be your if you had to pick a, a, one of the four underdogs? Who would be the team you think is the best chance to win this weekend? So, uh, first of all, I, I apologize over here, th- and thank you, Verderamp, for carrying it because you are the, you are my hero, and you know this. Uh, you know, uh, upset wise, I mean, can I pick Buffalo as an upset against the? Of against, they're, against, they're the underdog. Against, I mean, against the grain here, I I think that is that's the easiest pick right now. Although, uh, look. The, the Rams have a great chance. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, I don't – if the Packers lose, I'm going to have a heart attack. Uh, um, you know, listen, Green Bay, you you best be getting into the Super Bowl this year. That's going to be a huge, huge, huge disappointment. And, I, and I, I'm hoping it's – I really, really hope that we're going to see Kansas City and Green Bay. But, uh, listen, if Buffalo can run the ball, control the clock, and their defense is, is formidable, that – this this is uh, – I think it's a really, really, really tough game for the Chiefs. Um, however, you couldn't have looked better than Kansas City looked. So, uh, at least after this, after the first quarter. When, by the way, did you did you gamble at all in the game, Verderam? Did you play any money? No. Okay. No, I I, uh, I feel like that goes against my integrity. I did not. Um, <laughs> be, but I I think um, I I think look those games. I was six and zero. Oh. In the wild card round, so I, I that that's got to be the first time I've ever picked all the games correctly in a wild card round, including when it was just four games. Congratulations! So I'm, feeling, I'm feeling good, and look, I look forward to going zero and four this weekend, um, as, as God keeps me humble. But I, uh, I think, look, those games were mostly snooze fest. I thought they were easy to pick. The only game I had any consternation about was Niners and, and, and Cowboys, and I picked, I picked the Niners. I thought Mike McCarthy would screw uh, Dallas over, and he did not disappoint. So uh, you, the other the other five games I thought were easy to pick. Hey Jerry, are you firing Mike McCarthy? Are we gonna? What do you think? How, how you you orchestrated a beautiful textbook, fantastic last drive of the game. San Francisco's nervous. We're all excited to see the hail mary, and then you run the worst play in the history of the NFL, and then defend it. 
Right? Right. Like, after the game, he's like, well, you know, it's the right call. No, it's not. How could you think that? Like, you ran the play. It didn't work. I mean, it worked in yardage, but you ran out of time. And then you defended after the game. For anyone who, who's, who's somehow unaware of this, they ran a draw with no timeouts with 14 seconds left with Dak. It was a QB draw. He gets he he slides down. He then places the ball where he thinks he should be spotted down. The official picks up the ball, places it down where it actually should have been placed, and they have to touch the ball by rule. And by the time the Cowboys spiked the ball, no time was left. And McCarthy and Dak after the game, and Dak deserves blame for this too, by the way. So Dak after the game says, in a response to a question in a press conference, the you know the, the fans shouldn't be throwing trash on the on the field toward the players because it's it's disrespectful and they've worked so hard all year and he's right about that of course, but then somebody in the press says, well, it was really I think directed toward the officials. He's like, oh well, then they were right then. That that's a that's a bullshit look, man. Yeah, a hundred percent. You guys committed more penalties than any team in the league this year, like a bunch of dopes all season long. Okay. You're at home in a playoff game. You then take 14 penalties, 14, half of which, or almost half of which, were pre-snap. There's no argument that they're penalties. Zero. You jumped. You're in the neutral zone, whatever, false start. You're not set. Right, right. Yeah, you're not. I mean, all this BS. And then you have the audacity as the quarterback, the leader of the team. Oh, yeah, I don't care if they throw trash to the officials. And then McCarthy had to go, you know, the officiating. Hey, Mike. How about not being the most penalized team in the world? How about not get down 23 to 7 in the game? And then, by the way, what I thought was the most bizarre minute of a football game I've ever seen, no exaggeration, the Cowboys run a fake punt, somehow pick it up without a problem. Apparently the Niners had no idea they were going to run a fake punt there, down a million points in the fourth quarter. They pick it up. McCarthy then leaves the punt team on the field. The clock winds down, the play clock. That was phenomenal. He then, gets a re- he then gets a reset of the play clock. He gets a reprieve. They push it to 25 seconds. He leaves them out there again. Again. And then they rush the offense on the field and take a delay game. Well, it was the most galaxy-brained five-yard penalty I've ever seen. I don't know what he was doing. And then after the game, if you missed this, he said they were planning on running a play with their punt team again. But got confused. What is he talking about? What what in the world is that? That was the dumbest. We're all dumber for having witnessed that minute of football. I thought they were trying to not allow a substitution. They were trying to get to stop San Francisco from bringing players on the field. It was my understanding of what was going on. Maybe I was completely wrong. I mean, as far as I can tell, the Niners are the defense out there. That's what I, I was. No I, I, idea what he was doing. Yeah, it it. it that was I'm trying to be the smartest man in the room, and that always tends to fire back on it makes, you. It makes you the dumbest. Right. Nine times out of ten. Yeah. It was the weirdest, it, most bizarre minute of football. And then, of course, at the end, not to be outdone, they drive down. They've got at least two shots at the end zone. Eh, we're going to run a quarterback draw. It's not like, like I would have understood that to an extent. If, if, if they were at the 15-yard line, they felt like they could have scored or something like based off San Francisco's alignment. You're at the 40. Like, what are you doing? You're going to have to throw it from a distance anyway to get it in the end zone. It was insane. Dak should have handed the ball to the official. Of course. The official, that was like, I mean, he was borderline like O.J. Simpson in his prime in a Hertz commercial in the airport trying to get the football. I mean, he he gave a great effort. That dude should get a raise. I was, you know, so, all right. Uh, And look, by the way, if I was going to rank upsets here, the I think the Bills have a great chance. I think the Rams have a great chance. I think the Bengals have a great chance. I mean, it, these are all a lot of these games are are toss ups in my mind. They are. They're yeah. great, and that kind of is the way it is usually on divisional round weekend, right? right. I mean, you usually you usually have three great games and one game that you think is yeah. I think you've really got four very good games. I do. I mean, the Niners, I worry about their health a little bit, but if they're healthy, I think it's a great game. The Niners are a very hard team to play, and the Packers cannot stop the run, which I don't know if you're aware of this. The Niners, they like to run the football. So that could be a very interesting football game. 
And if you're Rodgers and you lose that game, holy hell, is that brutal. Holy um, hell, holy hell, indeed. So did, did you cover the Raiders and Mayock? I'm assuming you have not fired. I have, I have not. I did not cover that. All right, so fired after three years as uh, a full reset's going on uh, with Las Vegas, which uh, I, I, more than anything else, I'm just, I am just surprised that Mayock did not have more success. I mean, you listen to that guy talk football – who knows more football than Mike Mack? I mean, really. So, uh, which it's just interesting how that doesn't translate. Do you think that they short-circuited him? I think his draft record is fireable. I mean, they've had a million first-round picks, and who have they, who have they drafted? I mean, they, you know, Henry Ruggs obviously is no longer with the team for tragic reasons. Um, Damon Arnett was atrocious, and he's no longer in the NFL. They drafted Cleveland Farrell, who has been a complete waste of time. So, in that regard, he—I mean, look—he's not done the good job. However, was he in charge of that, or was Gruden in charge of that? And as Judd points out in the chat, I was just about to say he did have a very nice record in his later picks. So, I think there's a case to keep him. I also think he never really had an opportunity to run that organization because he was he was undercut by Gruden in a lot of ways. And I don't have a problem with the Raiders moving on. The problem I have with the Raiders is they're lining up GM candidates and he's still he's still the GM. And then it, and then oh oh yeah right by the way also we're relieving him of duties. I mean you don't fire the guy on like I don't know Monday morning and then start lining up candidates. Like it's such an ass backwards way to do this. And then, of course, because they've got to try to save face, it starts getting leaked out from all these people. Oh, well, they informed him that he had been relieved of his duties. Well, how about, like, officially relieving him of his duties before bringing in, like, eight different people who may possibly be his replacement? I thought it was a a clown show of a way to handle that by the Raiders. I'm wondering, do they know who they want? Are they super interested in Omar Khan, who's taking interviews and – has right. been, uh, you know, with the Steelers forever. And is there a better organization in football? Sure, you can say the Patriots or whatever, but Pittsburgh's right there. Or is it because they want Rick Smith, who is back and you know had a tremendous run? Speaking of drafting in the first round, yeah. uh, you know, th- there, there's a guy that's out there. Or are they just like, you know, we're moving on and we're the Raiders and and we're, we're we just want to do something different? I'm assuming they did this because they have a plan, but uh, you know, who knows? I don't think the Raiders ever have a really fully fl- form plan, fully fledged plan. Like I, I just think it, it speaks to a poorly run organization. To you're going to start bringing in candidates and announcing candidates, and it's like you didn't fire the guy who they were looking to replace. What are you doing? You know, I just Mark Davis sometimes does things that you know look at and go, what, "Did you think about that fully before you did that?" Like. It's like when all this stuff happened with Gruden, with the emails, and Mark Davis just refused to like be the the face of the organization when that was all happening. Like he was just trotting out Mayock and trotting out Derek Carr. Like, no, look, man, you got to do better than that. Like, you you have to be the front man. You're the owner of the team. You have to be the front. Say whatever you want about his father, the late great Al Davis. Al Davis would have stood there, and he would have been the one out in front. And he would have been the one who was the mouthpiece for the organization, which maybe later in his life wouldn't have been the best look for the team, but certainly he would have done it. Mark Davis is up in a box somewhere hiding behind a million other people. The Raiders need leadership. And every time it feels like they need it, you never feel like they get it, other than from Derek Carr, who I thought was an incredible leader this year, but certainly not their own. He really was. Derek Carr, props to you, pal on and off the field. Uh, Cheeto Freak, you're on fire with your comments, by the way. And, Judd, you're making great points on, on the late-round picks, but, like, at some point, you're going to get – you're going to hit on a couple of them. It, it, you you got to hit in the first round. If that, I mean, Ryan Pace, see you later, Chicago Bears, got to get him in here, seven years. Hit on a lot of late-round picks. But if, if you don't hit on the number three overall pick, which turns into the number two overall pick, and or what the Raiders have done, then – you know, you're not going to, it's going to be a nice pick, but yeah, you you do, you do. 
Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. All right, hey, speaking of uh, leaders, let's bring in our guy Ben Heisler, managing editor, bedside. Look at him, always ready to go. The steely eye focus. Uh, go to fansided.com forward slash bedsided for all your gambling needs and check out winbet.com uh, to check out. There it is for your spreads and whatnot, everything you need. Hi, Ben. How are you? We're talking. Uh, we got we got four big daddies here, buddy. It feels like uh, championship weekend, at least in the AFC, but. Let's start with Cincinnati and Tennessee and the Bengals going on the road. First win in 31 years. Who day? Let's go. Uh, yeah, 47 the number, and I don't know. Can the Bengals get it done on the road? What do you think? Yeah, I think they can get it done on the road. I think the question becomes all these games starting to add up for Cincinnati and the ability of Derrick Henry as to how healthy he's going to be coming off of a bye, coming off this injury, because that's that's the difference maker here, right? It's, it's not how good the, the Titans have been. It, it's stopping the run because, you know, the Bengals are going to go through the air and they have, you know, a plethora of wide receiver options and T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd in the middle of the field. and C.J. Uzoma at the tight end spot it can be a difference maker every so often as well. Um, it, it's about whether or not the Bengals are going to be able to stop Derrick Henry in the Titans' run game uh, regardless of whether he's he's healthy or not. Deontay Foreman's been really good over the last handful of games. If the Titans control the tempo and the pace, uh, I could see them blowing this one out fairly early. But if the Bengals are able to hang around and Burrow doesn't have to generate to deal with a lot of pressure, which the, the Titans have improved on drastically this year, uh, then Cincinnati is in play. I, I like the Bengals, but I like the total more. I, I think you're going to see plenty of points on both sides. I think it's going to be an up-and-down game. Titans are going to be able to use play action effectively on Cincinnati. They're dealing with a couple injuries as well. I think this game is more suited, especially with good weather in the forecast in Nashville. I think you're going to see a bunch of points here, and I think this will be a fun way to start off the divisional round with a close competitive game that ultimately ends up going probably in the 50s or so. So I like the, excuse me, I like the Bengals to cover. I like the hook. Uh, I think the Titans are going to win the game. The Titans are, are a team with a week off a couple weeks off before that game kicks. And, I, again, I said this earlier in the podcast, I think they're underrated. Like, people just look at the Titans for some reason and think, like, they can't win these games. The Titans have beaten a ton of good teams this year. And I think the Bengals are legit. I think the Bengals are going to be around for a long time. And I would not be shocked if Cincinnati wins this game. But now they go on the road and play a rested Titans team with Derrick Henry coming back. The Titans have been t- – listening to all this for weeks, how they can't possibly be any good. They don't deserve to be a one seed. They're going to be amply motivated for this game. I also worry about the Bengals. They're banged up up front defensively. They're missing guys. Hendrickson might be, you know, he's hurt. Is he going to play? I I think this is a game where the Titans control it. The Bengals cover it late. It's an interesting game. But I think the Titans win. I think the Bengals have the better future with Burrow. But I think they're a year away from truly contending for a Super Bowl. Um, and I think the Titans, with their experience, being at home, with the rest, I think they find a way to get this one done. Cincinnati, it doesn't really matter what's said at the end of the day. Maybe I get too a little too caught up in it, and I'm doing it right now for the record. But they are acting like they won the Super Bowl. It's such a huge deal. This game meant so much. We haven't won a playoff game in 31 years. Hey, where's the – Water off a duck's back, no big deal. We expected to beat the Raiders. Now we're on to Tennessee you know, narrative. Let's get some of that rolling out here. I, I don't know. Just It feels like they got a huge monkey up there back in Cincinnati and, they're, and a little bit of satisfaction. But all right, let, let, let us move on. San Francisco and Green Bay, the pack at home, the pack the biggest favorite of the weekend at six points, 47 and a half the number. The Niners uh, look dominant and then almost felt like they got they were lucky to get out of Dallas. Ben, what do you think? Probably the toughest game of the week to be able to handicap because the the Sharps are moving this game in the opposite direction than what I initially anticipated. I, I thought San Francisco was going to be live here. I still think they are potentially, 
But this game opened up at four and a half. It has since gone a full point and a half in favor of San Francisco's, or excuse me, in Green Bay's direction, with the Packers being minus six. Uh, the numbers back up Aaron Rodgers at home consistently in the regular season. Postseason has been a different story. But I, I think the key here is obviously the, the injury front for, for San Francisco, whether or not Bose is going to be able to, to give it 100% or be close to it as humanly possible. I want to know what Green Bay is going to be able to do to stop the 49ers from, from running completely down their throat. Packers, one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL this year, 49ers are a top three run offense. And you know that that's going to be the case. You saw the 49ers have a ton of success against Dallas that struggled to stop the run consistently throughout the year. Uh, the 49ers are one of those teams that you can play them in any sort of environment and, and they can come out with a win. I don't think, playing in the cold at Lambeau field is going to phase them. And they've also had plenty of success under Kyle Shanahan in beating Aaron Rodgers and the Packers before. However, that those times usually came in San Francisco or Santa Clara compared to in green Bay. So I, I think the Packers end up winning. It's sort of how, how Vitteram sees the, the first game of, uh, of the divisional round with the Titans hanging on, but the Bengals covering. I think now that the line has moved all the way up to six, I, I like San Francisco to keep it close here, especially if they're able to commit to the run. If Green Bay gets out to an early lead, though, then that's over, and I would jump on the Packers live because it's going to be a blowout. But if, if the 49ers are able to run consistently and Mitchell doesn't get hurt uh, and Samuel's able to be used effectively as a runner, I, I do like San Francisco here to cover. I like the Nash cover as well. I think the Packers will win. I think it's a good, good competitive game. I would not be surprised if the Packers lose. I, I think the Niners – my question is, how healthy are they? Can Warner play? Can Bosa play? Garoppolo, like, can he do anything? That's a, if they're not healthy, then I think they get blown out. But if they're healthy, they have a shot. Look, the one thing about the Packers, and we've talked about it already, acknowledging here on the pod today, like, they cannot stop the run. They just cannot stop it. And the Niners are the are the worst matchup in that regard for them on the NFC side. Because they will just run and run and run and run and run. They will run to death. They do not care. My biggest concern beyond the health, though, Shanahan sometimes. Like, he got bailed out by McCarthy. He was awful on Wild Card Weekend, too. But he got bailed out because McCarthy's just out of his mind. I think the Niners keep this close. I think it's interesting. But in the end, I trust Rodgers – in the end, to, to find a way to win the game, I think it's something like twenty-four to twenty. Uh, maybe, maybe it's even like twenty-seven, twenty-four. Uh, so I wouldn't touch the total, but I think the Packers win. I think the Niners come. Verderam, this is your hot take of the week that I'm when I'm getting. You you feel very, very up San Francisco optimistic here. So I think they can win. I'm not picking them to win, but would I be shocked if they won? No. It's just a weird matchup. You know, it's kind of like the Christmas game when the Packers played the Browns. And the Browns couldn't throw because Mayfield's awful and hurt. But they ran all day. And had they have not thrown four picks and in the end of the game thrown a ridiculous pick, that like they would have won that game. They would have won based off the fact the Niners literally – or excuse me, the Packers literally could not stop them from running for 10 yards a clip in that game. Like that is where if I'm the Niners – I'm just dusting off what Cleveland did and saying, look, I'll bet we're not going to turn it over four times. But the, how healthy are they defensively? And will Shanahan cost them with some kind of mistake late in the game? I give that edge to Matt LaFleur all day. Yes. That, that he's yes. – I mean, come on. All right, let's go Rams and Bucks. And you can't come in more impressively than the Rams, albeit uh, that was a, a very curious performance by the Cardinals. And, uh, hey – Tampa did their job as well. Three-point favorites, which is an interesting number. At home, obviously with the Bucks, 48, Ben. Brady rolling through, or are you are you buying into this perhaps uh, Rams recognizance, if you will? I I have been on the Rams recognizance, to, to steal the Karm word, uh, for a little bit now. I, I had mentioned over at BetSided that if you like the Rams as a future bet, uh, go ahead and wait until the final game of the regular season because they're likely going to lose to the 49ers uh, and you're going to be able to get some better value going in. They're a team that's built to win in the postseason, and I know that can be a bit laughable considering that Matthew Stafford is their quarterback and he has an abysmal record against teams with winning record, but they got off to a really good start in the blowout win on Monday night. I know that it's a short week going to Tampa Bay, but 
man, you, you have two new wild cards that you really didn't think you were going to have that play very much into their strength against Tampa Bay. Cam Akers looking as sensational as he did against Arizona was eye-opening. Cardinals had a really good run defense all throughout the course of the year. He beat him on the ground. He beat him through the air. And now you have Odell Beckham Jr., who's had, according to Pro Football Focus, had the number one wide receiver grade of, of wild card weekend. And Cooper Cup is on his team. So factor all that in. You have Matthew Stafford putting up unbelievable numbers against the Blitz all season long. Um, and the other thing to consider here is that you know, we, we've heard all season about how dominant and how good Tampa Bay's rush defense has been. Last three games, they're giving up more than five yards per attempt. They're right now 15th in the league in yards per attempt on the ground. The teams just typically don't run against them because they're either down in the game uh, or because they just assume that they're not going to be able to run the ball effectively. Uh, the Rams are built to do that. You have Michelle. You now have Akers. You can now stretch the field with Cup and Beckham and Higby. I think the Rams are just a good matchup here for a Tampa team that still has is dealing with some injuries, that's still inconsistent when it comes to you know trying to be able to, to make some big plays on the defensive side of the ball. And we just don't know which guys are going to be available on offense uh, when it comes to some of their injury concerns as well. So I like the Rams here. I, I just think they're built long-term in this route for the postseason, and I think it's a good and favorable matchup here. So as I mentioned earlier, I'm undefeated in my pick so far this playoffs. This is this is where I lose because I, I have gone back and forth on this, and I am with everything Heisler said. So I'm going to take the Rams knowing full well that Brady's going to find a way to win this game. But I just – I agree with everything Ben, you laid out there. Like, the Rams can put Ramsey on Evans and basically erase him from the game. They, they have nobody else who's a threat down the field. Nobody. I mean, Gronk's fine, but he's not threatening you down the field. You know, and I'm worried about their front in this game. If Worfs is out or really compromised, that is not the week to be compromised. Like, the Rams have Floyd Miller on the edges. They've got Donald inside. You know, it's, it's a game where you would think as long as the weather's good, it's a fast track. The Rams should be able to utilize their speed. The Bucks defense has not been good. It has not been good. Like, that is the one, and I, I, I can't agree more again with Heisler on this. Like, there's this misnomer that you just can't run against the Bucs. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And I think the Rams will. I also think the Rams with Cup and Beckham, who's guarding them? Carlton Davis and Jamal Dean? I'll take my chances with the Rams there. My concern is that Bowles is going to just put pressure on Stafford, although, as you mentioned, he has killed the Blitz this season. And that's how the Bucs like to play. I'm taking the Rams in an upset. I said earlier I thought it was the best chance for an upset this weekend. But, oh, God, I, I could also sit here by the middle of the second and go, why? Why did I pick the Rams as, as Brady's throwing for 200 yards in a quarter and it's 21-3? to three? But I, I will I will roll with L.A. in the upset. I don't think Brady's going off, but you just named the Todd Bowles versus Matthew Stafford component here, which is, I think, a very interesting one. Uh, can Matthew Stafford actually do this again? Come on, buddy. I'm rooting for you. I'd, I'd love you to change the narrative, but uh, it's one thing to beat the Cardinals. It's another thing to go on the road and, be, and beat, the, beat Brady. That would be, I mean, obviously big, 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 big time. All right. Without further ado, let's do it here. KC at home. Buffalo looks fantastic. Buffalo beat him earlier this year. Buffalo lost in the AFC Championship game. We've got a rematch central here. We've got a two-and-a-half-point spread. We got the Chiefs looking phenomenal after the first quarter. I'll stop talking. The number is huge, 55. We are expecting points here, Ben. Yeah, I, I think I lied when I said that the 49ers and Packers might be the more difficult game to handicap. I This has been the one that that I can't figure out. I think it's just because I'm, I'm cursed when it comes to either picking for or against the Chiefs. I, I think maybe in the last six or seven games, I've, I've been on the wrong side, either on the total around the spread. So uh, I, I assume the Kansas city fans that are watching want me to be all over the bills. So uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and make my argument for Buffalo. I, Josh Allen turned a, a fairly substantial corner in that game last week against a very good defense in new England. Granted it was one that had been struggling coming in for consistency, but you go out and you don't punt and you put those type of numbers in uh, a situation in that type of weather where historically you were ranked 40 out of 41 quarterbacks over the last several years. So you had that ability to change the narrative. You took it down the field, was aggressive, made play after play, 
And, and now it's an opportunity to go into Kansas City where you've had success in the past, and it's going to feel a heck of a lot. I, I wrote about it at bedside. It's going to be it's going to feel like a summer vacation for <laughs> Buffalo going into Kansas City, where the weather is going to be maybe thirty degrees, twenty nine degrees at kickoff. So everything that that Allen had to worry about last week, he he passed that test with flying colors. Now it's in a Kansas city. And I, I do think there's going to be some points, but 55 is a lot. It's a lot for a divisional round. Even when you have two really good offenses, the same thing should be talked about though, when it comes to these defenses, because both of them have been playing a lot better as of late. I, I think the trendy pick is going to go with, with the over here. And, and I just, because you have Mahomes and, and Allen and both these quarterbacks through for, you know, several hundred yards and multiple touchdowns, I think I'm going to lean on the under. I think we're going to let this number continue to go up and up and up. I, I could see this closing at maybe 56, 56 and a half. And then just at the last minute, I'll go ahead and back the under and have it be somewhere aligns the lines of a 27, 24 victory. Uh, this game is the best game of the weekend. And it feels like Super Bowl 55 and a half. Like these teams are so good. And I don't say that because I think it's the AFC title game. Like I don't, I don't feel that way, but it's just such a good game. Two great young quarterbacks, the whole deal. As far as the line goes, I think I thought it was going to open at three. I thought that the Vegas would kind of just toss it out there at that typical, hey, you're at home, you, you get three points. Yeah, I thought so too. Uh, it, it, I don't know, Ben, I'm sure you noticed this. It went to two at one point. It opened to two and a half. It went to two very yep. briefly, and then it went right back up to two and a half. I wonder how the Sharps bet it as the week goes on. Does it, you know, do we see late movement where it closes at like Bills plus one or does it close at like KC minus three and a half, four? I, I'm curious to see if there's that kind of movement. As far as my pick, I don't, this game could go either way. I'll say this watching the Chiefs as close as I have for years, I'm always concerned about them when they're supposed to win, when it's supposed to just be some easy game. I said that going to the Pittsburgh game. My biggest concern was whether or not they would be locked in mentally for the game. And the first 20 minutes, offensively, they couldn't be bothered to get locked in. And they fell behind 7 to nothing, and then all of a sudden it became real, and then they went nuts. I know the way they operate, both inside and out. They will be ready to play this football game. They may not win, but that team is going to be ready because all week I have a feeling you're going to hear how the Bills are better, how the Bills win this game, how it's their time. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. I do not. And my reasoning is, A, frankly, in full disclosure, a little bit of a hunch that I think the Chiefs are going to come out very ready for this game. Very ready. And I think if both teams play their absolute best, I think Kansas City's best is a little bit better. They played the hardest schedule in the NFL, and they had a better record than Buffalo this year. The Chiefs were a mess early in the year. They have won 10 of their last 11. They have beaten a lot of good teams in that stretch. It's not as though they've played nobody. I exclude the Packers from that because Rodgers didn't play. But Pittsburgh, who was a borderline playoff team, I get it, killed them twice. Killed them. Played the Raiders. Killed them twice. Played Dallas. Smoked them at Arrowhead. It's not as though the Chiefs have been playing like bad team after bad team. They beat the Chargers on the road on a short week without three defensive starters. The Chiefs are playing really, really well. So are the Bills. I think being at home matters. The other thing I wonder about in this game, two quick things. One is the Bills beat them up in week five. I always wonder in games like that. So the Bills won the game. They won very, very convincingly. Do they change much from the way they played in that game? Or do they play the same way? I think you're almost compelled in some ways to play very similarly because you won and you had a lot of success doing it. The Chiefs are going to change the way they play. They got beat. Now, there's no Tredavious White this time around, which is really the only big injury to note. The Chiefs also didn't have Chris Jones or Melvin Ingram in that game. They will have both those men this time around. The other thing in this game, whenever I I think it's even with the coaches and the quarterbacks, and here I think the Chiefs have a slight edge, but obviously the Bills are great there as well. Who is better up front? And the one thing with the Chiefs in this game is the one advantage I see for either side in a big way, the Chiefs have a better offensive line, and the Chiefs have better pass rushers in this game. And if it comes down to who can create a turnover, I think because of those things, the Chiefs have a better shot to win up front. Week five, that wasn't the case. Offensive line coming together. 
defense again without a lot of components up front. I think Kansas City wins the battle up front, and that's why I think they win. But I expect this game to be phenomenal, and I would not be surprised if Buffalo wins. That was the most detailed trip through Verderam's mind that we have had in a while, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every damn second of it. Ben, any chance you're headed to Arrowhead this weekend, buddy? If, if there's a chance, I haven't found out about it yet. <laughs> okay. So the, pl- the, plan, the plan is to remain here for now, but who knows? I, I, might, I might sit on a couple tickets or two if, uh, if the right opportunity. Football is better at home, but uh, hey, when you're that close to uh, this level of game, it'd be fun to be there too. So there I, w- I was at the uh, at the division game that to to, to shout out to uh, the the late great Les Grobstein. I was there at the 2019 uh, divisional game where they were down 24 nothing to the Houston Texans then proceeded to mollywop them the rest of the game defeat them by about 24. Yeah. Might have been even more than that. 51 31. Ben stick around for the finish then because you just threw Grobber in there as we wrap up the show we talk about what's going on. Verram, I don't know if you ever heard of Left Les Grobstein let alone met Les Grobstein, but Les Grobstein was the quintessential radio nerd bizarre uh just what would i say uh unique u- unique is not the word I, i'm i'm looking for uh memory recall autistic almost i i don't know i don't know how he knew what he knew like a spectrum maybe type <laughs> yeah, of I, just, just bri- brilliant encyclopedic mind of of chicago sports um that somehow put up with with the overnight hours of, of midnight to 6 a.m for about what 20 25 30 years sure time. it's savant is a great word cheeto freak too but he he, he yeah. also for for those of us who got in the business on the radio side if you did it in chicago there's a great chance you worked at the score and you were a part-time producer and if you were a part-time producer you worked less overnight show at some point because there was always rotating who was coming through so i was on that show for i don't know six months or whatever it was Les got in an argument about the 1950s high school basketball conferences at three in the morning, how the red West was better than the red white in 1952. And I'm like, this is the most insane person I've ever been around in my life. And then he asked me, what are you doing this weekend? Carm? Uh, not that much less. What, what, uh, yeah, uh, you know, going to relax. Great. Then you can help me move. And, and, I, and I'm like, and which which comes back to Verderam because I helped Verderam move, and I'm like, look, I don't help my best friends move, but but I'll but I I'm just starting out in the business, so yes, I'll help you move. And, and the move turned into three days. I had to bring in one of my friends because there was so much stuff. I was literally moving lugs and lugs of media guides, programs. Anything they ever gave out at any game, he had it. Uh, and Les took us out to Lou Malnati's for dinner on Sunday night, and he wanted the low-fat cheese. You won't be able to tell the difference. Trust me. We, so we had the low-fat cheese. We did the move. He paid us some dollars. And But Les was just this kind-hearted dude for him. He, whoever started out in the business, you know, people act like they're big shooters or whatever. I'm radio guy. Even the overnight guy thinks he's hot shit. Les wasn't like that. And and he had, I don't know if I want to say he had every right to be, but he certainly had an incredible tenure in the business. Uh, passed away this week, 69 years old. Uh, he one, one other thing. End of a Cub game once, there's, uh, there's leftover food from the thing. There's like six cheeseburgers left. He took out the meat from the cheeseburgers and ate the meat there, and then he put the bread, the buns from the cheeseburger in his briefcase to go home <laughs> And just like looked at whoever was around, was like, now I've got bread for sandwiches. And it's like, don't you realize that you don't want to admit these things? Like, that's really odd behavior. But he was proud of it. Like, any way he could get over and take advantage of being the media guy, that that was that was that was the grabber. I, I, I think the specific line was, "See, I've got bread for later." <laughs> you know, hey, hey, Les. Bread is like two bucks a jewel. Uh, Mariano's, your, your HEB, wherever, Econo Foods, wherever you shop around the world that's watching st- a stack in the box. I mean, 
and it, it's not you know you, you didn't just get a Lamborghini that you're taking out of there, but congratulations, pal. Anyway, that's, that's hysterical. Um, I did not know him. I, yeah. uh, I I had heard of the name. I had heard of Voss, but I, I never, never, uh, never knew him. But did see that he passed away yesterday, and saw a lot of people saying some very nice things about him on my on my timeline. So uh, the, the grabber. Right. What's right, what's, on, what's going on? In, what's going on in Verderam Land? Nothing crazy. Real. I mean, look. I just this is to me. This is the best weekend in football. I love this weekend. Uh, you know, you got four games. They're all really good, and. You know, some people might say Championship Sunday, which certainly is a great weekend, too, and I'm looking forward to that one. But you get eight teams. I think every team has a shot to, to, to advance. It's going to be fun. Uh, you know, I like these weekends better than the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl to me is so just corporate and commercial, and, and it feels like it's everything about everything that's not football. I love this weekend. I cannot wait. I don't know which day of the week I've, I owe to fan side, and I've got to work. I'm sure it's probably going to end up somehow being both. Um <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's funny, actually, I'll say that I'll close on this on Saturday, this past weekend, for once in my life, I didn't have to work during a football game. Like, it was it was weird. Like I can't remember the last time I didn't have to work during a playoff game other than the Chiefs, which I have a standing agreement with Josh Hill that he does not have to work for the Bucks, and I don't have to work for the Chiefs. So I never have to be on for those games, um, except now the Arrowhead Eye podcast, which is fine. But I was off Saturday and I called up some buddies. I'm like, look, come on over, man. I got I got I got the TV down here in the office. I got I got plenty of seating. I got I got Casey Beer from them sponsoring the Arrowhead Ag podcast. Casey Beer Co. All day. I've got pizza, chips, cookies. You name it. I've got it. Now. Like let's have at it. My buddy brought over a handle, and it was a good. It was a damn good time. We watched all these games. We had people coming over I never even had met, and we it was great. We had fun. We had a good time. We watched the games. You want to call that Bills Patriots thing a game, and uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And then Sunday, of course, worked for fan side and covered the game. Um, but uh, we'll see. My buddy down the street who, who listens to this podcast, as y'all I'm sure hear this, huge Packers fan, never watches the game be, with, with other people, but he's now talking about, hey, you know, maybe I'll have you and a couple guys over for the game Saturday night. I'm almost nervous to go over because he's like me with the Chiefs. Like if this thing goes south for the pack on Saturday. It's not going to, it's not going to be good. There's going to be some chaos down in his uh, basement bar, but we'll see how things shake. I'm looking forward to the weekend. Just, just for the record. And, and, and this is not a shot at any Vertoram friends, but the people that came over that had that you had not met and you had never seen before. That's not a surprise in the worst city in America where you live. The fact that your house was the, the prime spot to be a, that that's no surprise on Saturday night. I mean, <laughs> Listen, well, I don't know what else is going on in good old Rockford, Illinois, but you you had to be in the number one spot. First of I mean, all, as far as it wasn't nothing, a line out the door, nothing else was going on in Rockford, Illinois. But I will say, you you slammed the Rockford to no end. You know, I first of all, I don't give a shit. I didn't grow up here. Okay, my wife grew up here. That's her problem. That's her cross to bear. I have actually grown to really enjoy Rockford. I like it a lot. I will defend Rockford. I will. Um, but it was fun. No, it was cool. Like. My buddy's like, hey, you mind if my friend comes over? Or, yeah, I play basketball with him at the Y. I'm like, yeah, bring him over. I don't care. You know, it was great. We had a good time. Watched the games. And uh, you know what? If, if I'm not working Saturday, which I'm not sure what the hell's going on. If I'm not, then uh, let's party. You know, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm – but during the Chiefs game, there will be nobody in the house. There will be nobody. I will be locked in my office on the phone with the old man, as I always am. This is my tradition. And living, either living it out, and, hey, they lose, and they lost to a great Bills team, and, hey, you live with that, or they win, and it's elation, and uh, then then, it, then it's complete chaos going into the AFC Championship game. So I look forward to the weekend regardless. I mean, I'm just pulling up stats on Rockford right now, but uh, oh, I didn't – I I, I, I I didn't get anything that really would stamp the moment. So uh, I'm glad that you defend where you live, Bertram. Hey, Ben, you're awesome. Good to see you, brother. Thank you, man. Great to see you guys. Enjoy the games. Hey, and everybody, Cheeto Freak, you the man, Judd, a million other people on the chat here that I'm, as I'm scrolling back through. Eddie, I remember you were in early. I apologize for Mr. Schwab. You, thank you for everybody on the chat. Appreciate you. Sorry my internet was uh, doing whatever it was doing today. We will rectify that. Uh, I guess I'm headed back to the office. 
uh, to do these shows in the future because we can't have this on Stack in the Box for Graham. It's right. first class operation, damn well, it. Well, never asked you, who do you have in the Bills Chiefs game? Gonna pin you down on this one. Uh, yeah, I wish you hadn't done that. So if I, okay, if I have to bet, like you know, money on the line, life yeah, on the line. Bucks on the line. Who you got? I, I'll take the Chiefs. I'll, I'll take Kansas City. I'm not going to bet against them. However, uh, yeah, I just think it's I, I think it's a very tough game, and and Buffalo's play, yeah, Buffalo's playing well. They're running the football. I mean, the Chiefs yep. stopped the run beautifully, but but like you, you run 170 plus yards on the Patriots. Uh, Allen and company. That's, the number. The number one key for Kansas City in this game is don't let him run. Yeah, so I, it's, not easy. Not easy. Easier said than done. That is the number one thing in this football game. Five thirty Sunday night, baby. Looking forward to it. We'll see okay. you next Tuesday, eleven o'clock Central Time. And of course, uh, the next Arrowhead Attic podcast is when uh, tonight at five o'clock. Tonight at five, baby. Central five Central. You got you got five hours of no Verderam in your life, but he's coming back strong at five. That's damn right. it. <laughs> All right, brother. Good to see you. Thanks for watching, everybody. Hit that like, subscribe button. Thank you for uh, the subscribers are key. We need you. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.